The following audio is from The Grove Church. To find out more about our church or to check out previous messages, go to our website at grove.church. Well, good morning. How is everyone today? We're doing pretty well today. I'm so happy. It's beautiful weather this weekend. I hope you've gotten a chance to enjoy it. Maybe you were like me and maybe put up your Christmas lights. Uh, that's a good thing. You got to take advantage of the good weather. Uh, if you're tuning in online, I want to say hello to you as well. Thank you uh, for joining us today. Thank you for being a part of our gathering uh, from the comfort of your own home or wherever you're at today. So glad you're here joining us. Uh, we're going to be in Psalm 136. So I hope you brought your Bibles uh, so you're able to read along with me. Uh, if you didn't bring your Bibles, maybe you've got a smartphone app. You're able to follow along with us there. And if if you still don't have that, we will have the scripture on the screen behind me uh, or on the screen if you're tuning in online. Um, I do want to take a moment and say, welcome. My name is Aaron. If I've not had the chance to meet you yet, I'm one of the pastors here at the Grove Church, and I get the opportunity to wrap up our little two-week series of Dear Psalms. Thank you. Uh, and so we're going to be in Psalm 136. But I also want to quickly highlight a huge win uh, that we have been building to uh, to this. Hey, Siri, how's it going? Uh, she talks to me sometimes when I, when I move real fast, she tells me to slow down. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But there's a huge win that is happening today, actually during this gathering, uh, and that is the launch of our Champions Club uh, here at the Grove Kids Ministries that we have in our North Wing. If you don't know what Champions Club is, I'm so glad that you're here to hear what we're doing. Uh, we've had this vision and this heartbeat to reach uh, individuals and families and kids with special needs. Uh, and so we've created two environments uh, that we're calling Champions Club. Uh, if you don't know this, we work and partner uh, with the missionary. We support them monthly, multiple missionaries. I think we're, our number is about 25, 26 missionaries right now, not including church plants uh, or other missions endeavors. Uh, but we support on a regular basis. One of these missionaries that we support, his name is Steve Kramer and based out of uh, California. Uh, but his, his mission, if you will, is to help churches and communities build uh, environment strategic to helping disciple uh, individuals with special needs. And so we've got two rooms that we launched today uh, for ages three through 12 uh, for that have special needs. And what that means is uh, it's not just a class we, we have them be a part of, but it's actually one-on-one -on -one strategic discipleship in environments that are best suited for them to hear about the, uh, the God who loves them like crazy, about Jesus who died and rose again for them. So they would know that they not just belong, but there's purpose and a plan for their life. So whether it's jumping on a trampoline to get out energy that's been building up since they got here, or it's getting in a sensory room to be able to calm down and just be loved and cared well. It's strategic one-on-one -on -one discipleship. What do I mean by that? I mean, for every child that comes into this space, there's a, an adult buddy that is assigned to them for the duration of their time. And the project, and the, not the project, the purpose of that buddy is to love and care, to share Bible verses, to help them learn the memory verse, to sing worship songs with them, to uh, teach them the Bible lesson in a way that they can engage and understand, uh, so free of distraction, free of, of any kind of hindrance to hearing about how much God loves them. Uh, and so I'm so thrilled that we are launching this environment today. Uh, our Grove Kids team, a couple quick shout outs, our Grove Kids team has put in hours for this. Hours of training, I'm talking 25 plus hours of training videos to learn how do we best accommodate and reach a community of people. Uh, they put in the work. They put in the work of transforming two rooms. If you're a First Impressions volunteer, thank you for your grace in being kicked out of a room and being given a closet to put your stuff in uh, because we took over a room because we needed to create space uh, for these champions within our church community uh, and also our facilities team helping make the flip and make everything be what it can be. So today is the day of a brand new ministry within our Grove Kids Department, uh, and that's Champions Club. Uh, and so I want to encourage you. 
if you have the ability to be compassionate, if you have the ability to be patient and just love, and you want to be in a one-on-one space to love and care well, uh, I would encourage you to email a lawfer at grove.church, Pastor Adrian, who's our Grove Kids pastor, and say, how can I help with Champions Club? Uh, Because it's a one-to-one ratio which means the more kids that show up, the more volunteers we need to ensure that discipleship happens for these individuals. So I would love for you to be a part of that. Um, The other thing to highlight real quick is, you may not know this, but this is not the first launch of a special needs environment here at the Grove Church. It actually dates back to my knowledge Five or six years ago, uh, a family who I love and care deeply about, uh, her name is Elizabeth Cormier, who spearheaded uh, launching an environment on a Sunday night gathering in our North Wing before it was ever a kid's wing. Uh, She had a vision and a heart to create space, to disciple and love well, uh, and she was the perfect person to do it. Uh, But she was the one that laid the foundation. She was the one that did the groundwork. Um, And one of the things that I love is we hear this all the time in leadership environments and leadership principles, but we celebrate today's successes on the work and the foundation of those who have gone before us. And Champions Club gets to launch today with momentum and excitement because of the work and diligence of Elizabeth Cormier. And so I want to give honor to whom honor is due and make sure that she is, is highlighted and honored for that as well. I know she's attending the next gathering, so I'm going to embarrass her publicly. But, uh, and if you're watching online, Elizabeth, just disregard everything I just said. So, um, but yes, I'm so glad Champions Club is here. It's an incredible ministry. And so I'm going to take a moment and pray uh, for Champions Club, pray for Elizabeth, and pray for the rest of our gathering because uh, what an incredible opportunity to serve uh, families, not just in our church family, but also in our community. Uh, So I'd love if you prayed with me. Lord, today we just thank you for who you are, God, that you see every person, you God, you know every heartbeat, every thought, every mind, because God, you created us. We are created in your image. And so today I thank you that we get to launch these environments strategically to help disciple and help reach people with the hope of Jesus. And so, Lord, I pray today that you would be with Adrian and her team for all the work. God, I pray that there would be rest and a refreshing anointing upon her. Uh, Lord, I thank you for the, the volunteers that have risen up. And God, I thank you for the more volunteers that are going to show up and say, hey, how can I help? Uh, and Lord, I just pray that you would help each and every one of us uh, to be mindful and prayerful over the next several weeks and months and years as we see this ministry grow and reach a demographic of people who need the hope of Jesus just like we do. Uh, so, Lord, I thank you for that. I pray you would bless the, this ministry. I pray you would continue to increase and and bring increase. Uh, And Lord, I pray your favor over. And God, we do also take a moment and thank you for Elizabeth, Lord, for the work that she did so many years ago to turn our hearts as an organization strategically to uh, these families and these individuals with special needs. And uh, Lord, we just pray for uh, just a refreshing anointing on her. We thank you for the work that she did. I pray you would bless and reward her uh, for the diligence and the foundation she laid for us today. Uh, And Lord, we just ask for your, your blessing over both of them. And Lord, Uh, Today, as we gather, Lord, as we wrap up a a two-week series, God, as we stop for a moment and look at Psalm 136, Lord, I pray that nothing else will be heard from me except your words. God, that they would speak straight to our hearts and that you would draw us to a continual depth of your thankfulness and your presence. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So here we are, Thanksgiving time. Can I just ask a simple question? Do you sit around your table and ask everybody what are you thankful for? Like, do you go around? Who does that? You, you go around the table and everyone's forced to say something they're thankful for. A few of us, you know, maybe you're online, you, you do the same thing and you force everyone to say that. Uh, I use the word force on purpose uh, because as a young kid, uh, a young teenager, a young punk kid, I guess you can say, when my mom asked me this question, I did not like it one bit. I was not thankful to have to give a thanksgiving statement, Okay. 
I was resistant because I, part of it is I just felt the pressure, right? To have to say the right things. Uh, I look like, it's gotta be profound. I can't just say I'm thankful for, you know, my new shoes or I'm not, I can't say I'm thankful for uh, this or that. So I always felt this pressure that has to be this, like this deep, profound moment. We're around the table. Everyone's like, oh, that's so good, Aaron. Um, part of it is I'm, I, I like the affirmation. So uh, I always put this pressure on me. But the one thing that I uh, have grown and matured in is understanding the value of, of celebrating and highlighting something I'm thankful for. And then we come into last week where Pastor Nick launches this two-week deal, and then he leaves us with homework. Anybody doing the homework right now? Remember the homework? He said, hey, I want you to come up with three things you're thankful for every day from now until Thanksgiving, and then I want you to email me. Those are Nick's words. Um, I'm doing it, okay? Uh, and I'm struggling with it on a regular basis. Um, and so I don't know if you feel that way too. And it's not because uh, I don't have much to be thankful for. Somebody's like, you're such a Scrooge. I'm not a Scrooge, guys, okay? My Christmas lights are on my house right now. I'm not Scrooge. But it's hard because it's having to stop and pause in the midst of busyness to highlight something I'm thankful for. Uh, and so I've been doing it. I've been trying to be diligent and I'm just trying to, to have a variety of things I'm thankful for because who wants the same repetitive things every time that I have to submit to my lead pastor. Uh, so I'm trying to diversify. Uh, but the thing that I love about this practice is it's actually causing me to stop and pause to reflect on my day, which is not a practice I've normally put in. I normally don't practice pausing and reflecting and looking at my day. But the thing I love about this is that it creates this tension to pause and reflect. And so it makes me ask this question, not that I'm going to have you answer it, but what's on your list today? No, my name is not Fred Meyer. Okay. But what's on your list today? If you were to, if you and I were to have coffee, which I love coffee, by the way, and I'd love to sit down and I would say, Hey, share your list with me. What would be on it? The thing that I love about Psalm 136 today is it creates tension, healthy tension for you and for me to have a list, but to be reminded that there's one sustaining truth that I hope the list that we create, just like the psalmist created, is anchored to. And so I want to read this psalm today. Uh, I will be honest with you. You might get annoyed with this statement that's repetitive over and 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 over again. But I want to encourage you to continue leaning in and read with me. Psalm 136, it says this. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. It's pretty good so far, right? It says, give thanks to the God of God's. His, thank, his faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of Lords. His faithful love endures forever. He alone does great wonders. His faithful love endures forever. He made the heavens skillfully. His faithful love endures forever. He spread the land on the waters. His faithful love endures forever. He made the great lights. His faithful love endures forever. The sun to rule by day. His faithful love endures forever. The moon and the stars to rule by night. His faithful love endures forever. He struck the firstborn of the Egyptians. His faithful love endures forever. And brought Israel out from among them. His faithful love endures forever. With a strong hand and an outstretched arm, his faithful love endures forever. He divided the Red Sea. His faithful love endures forever. And led Israel through. His faithful love endures forever. But hurled Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. His faithful love endures forever. He led his people in the wilderness. His faithful love endures forever. He struck down great kings. His faithful love endures forever. Sion, king of the Amorites. His faithful love endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan. 
His faithful love endures forever and gave their land as an inheritance. His faithful love endures forever an inheritance to Israel, his servant, his faithful love endures forever. We're not done yet. He remembered us in our humiliation. His faithful love endures forever and rescued us from our foes. His faithful love endures forever. He gives food to every creature. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His faithful love endures forever. This Psalm was written to be recited and remembered typically during feasts, great feasts, like the Passover feast. If you're not familiar with the Passover, the Passover refers back to the, the Exodus, the book of Exodus in the old Testament. But it's also this, this picture where God delivered the Israelites from the hand of Pharaoh, from slavery, uh, from Pharaoh through passing over. And this is what we're referred to in this passage where the idea of he, he God had a, a angel of the Lord kill the firstborn of the Egyptian people. And the, God's people were tasked with painting their door frames with, I believe it was lamb's blood and the spirit of the Lord would pass over them and go to those houses that were not marked by the blood of the lamb. There's a lot of allegory. There's a lot of symbolism in this conversation, but when they would celebrate Passover as a people, they would gather together and they would celebrate the fact that so many years ago, God passed over to provide, redeem and, and free his people from Egypt, from Pharaoh. And so this, this Psalm is meant to, as people are gathered together during a great feast, AKA Thanksgiving in 2021, right? It's, it's meant as people gather that they would recite and reflect and remember all that God has done. And it all is anchored to one simple truth, one simple thought today. His faithful love endures forever. The challenge for you and me that I feel in my own heart and in my own spirit is where am I forgetting that his faithful love endures forever? As I look over my life, as I reflect on my journey, as I reflect on my history, my story, do I see his faithful love enduring forever in all things? See, I love the way the psalm breaks this down. The psalmist breaks this down where he says this in the verse, three verses. He says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Give thanks to the King of Kings. Give thanks to the Lord of Lords. He goes right out the gate and attributes and attaches every, the commentary right says every generous act is credited to who God is as the, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He alone is God. In other words, nothing is superior to him. Every generous act is accredited to him. He deserves praise. He deserves glory. Why did these acts happen? Because his faithful love endures forever. See, he continues on. He doesn't just attribute generous acts, but then he talks about creation. Now, here's where I'm like, I kind of get it riled up and excited because one of the things that I love and I've loved since I was a kid is landscapes. I love sunsets. I love sunrises. I love beautiful mountain peaks with snow on top of them. So when we had this, the, the rain the other day and the Pilchuck had some snow on top, I was like, oh, God, you're just showing off. But there's something about creation that I love. And he alone is credited. God alone is credited with the great wonders of creation. Well, again, one of the commentaries I read talks about the idea that creation reveals the depth of God's wisdom, which I think is so powerful and profound. Look at the way that the earth is positioned in the solar system, the way that it's tilted on its axis to provide life. There's wisdom in its creation. 
Look at the way the sun sets and the sun rises consistently, day after day after day. Now, the times change, but you know what's going to happen tonight? The sun is going to set. You know what's going to happen tomorrow? The sun is going to rise. Even when there's this massive thing of fog that covers the sunrise, the sun still rises. Because the way God created things shows wisdom and ingenuity and creative power. I'm sitting on my house yesterday, putting up my Christmas lights. I know some of you are already judging me, and that's okay. So I, I do the middle ground. I take a good weather weekend and put my Christmas lights up because I don't want to be out there in the rain. You're welcome. Some of y'all missed that life hack yesterday. But I don't have it on until the day of Thanksgiving, okay, because I want to enjoy Thanksgiving. So I'm going to be committed to Thanksgiving first, and then Christmas is coming after the meal. It's going to be awesome. But I'm sitting on my roof yesterday, finishing up some of my lights, and I just stop, and I look out where I live, and I have a, uh, God, God has blessed me with where I live. There's a beautiful view of the slough, the water, the tide coming in and out. I've got the Olympics in the background on a gorgeous day. I've got the highway so I can see how bad traffic is on five. <laughs> and I remember stopping for a moment. It's like, Lord, you're so good to me. And it sounds so cliche and cheesy, I know, but I'm a romantic at heart, right? But I remember sitting there and just like, Lord, so I pull out my phone. And whenever you look through a phone, you got to make sure you have balance, especially when you're on a steep roof. I didn't fall. I was harnessed in anyway, so moms and grandmas, I'm okay. I was harnessed, okay? I was, I was being safe. But I remember pulling my phone and trying to capture a picture. I'm like, man, this is stunning. And I look at the picture, I'm like, that's lame. <laughs> because the way God has created our eyes, no camera can touch. God created with wisdom so many things. The things that your eyes can pick, it's, it's mind-blowing to me how brilliant creation is. And not just sunrises and sunsets, our human bodies. Working on my Christmas lights, because you have to test them every time you pull them out of storage, right? To make sure that they're all gonna work or you're gonna throw lights up that don't work and you just look, you're that house. So I'm testing and moving bulbs and trying to repair some lights because they, they died on me. I had a blister on my finger. It's a collective, aw. Thank you. But it healed itself, guys. Because the way God created our bodies with wisdom, because his faithful love endures forever. He alone is credited with the wonders of creation. Have you ever seen the Milky Way in person? I'm not, I'm not talking about like a photo, but I'm talking about being in the middle of nowhere on a clear night, and you're just slapped in the face with how amazing the Milky Way is. I vividly remember one moment in my life when I lived in Virginia, and I'm telling you, nothing compares. There's no picture that can even come close. I just recently saw a friend of mine who used to go to a church. She moved away. Uh, she posted someone's photo of the Milky Way, and, and I was like, that's a great picture, but I've seen better. The way God created wisdom is incredible. And let me tell you, it was not Maui messing around, okay? It's, some of y'all get that because you have kids. Moana. <laughs> You're welcome. Some of you just now got it. You're like, there we go. It wasn't Maui messing around. It's in a song. Anyways. But the beauty of creation, the wisdom of creation is so profound. The psalmist doesn't stop there. He then shifts into this redemptive narrative, this, this journey of God's redemption of his people, of deliverance of his people from mighty kings and armies. Egypt in its day was a powerful nation. Sihon and Og, they were powerful kings for the Amorites. These were not just weird names that are thrown out there. These were powerful kings and rulers. And it says that God took care of them. 
for his people, Israel. He gave them the land as their inheritance. The psalmist is reflecting on the power, the divine warrior reality of who God is. His faithful love endures forever. Not just in what he creates, but in how he delivers and how he works. His faithful love endures forever. Now, here's the thing. We may not be facing pharaohs or kings today, but what I can tell you today is there's some things in our lives that feel like giants. There's some things in our circumstances that feels like, I don't know how I'm going to overcome that. And whether you're here in person or you're joining us online, I know in this room there are situations that it seems insurmountable. It seems impossible. But the psalmist is reminding us today that his faithful love endures forever. He doesn't stop. Here's the thing. Sometimes we look at our circumstances and say, God, you got to fix this. But he continues on. And the psalmist says this, he remembered us in our humiliation. It says he rescued us from our foes. I don't know every little bit of what you're dealing with today. But what I'm here to tell you, there's circumstances in our lives. And I know there's circumstances that have been in my life where I'm caught off guard by the seeming monstrosity of what I'm facing. It feels like a giant is staring me in the face. And I don't know how I'm going to overcome. And I hold faith and I hold to the truth that God is the reason I overcome. Romans 8 reminds me I'm more than a conqueror in Christ. But we don't always see the end. But what we can hold to today, what the psalm is reminding us today, is that his faithful love endures forever. Do you know something today? Forever doesn't end. I don't know if you know that. Newsflash. Forever doesn't have an end. It goes on and on and on and on and on, much longer than the Energizer Bunny, people. It doesn't end. God does not do something and say, hey, my love has been enough. You've reached my cap. You've reached your quota. You no longer get love. I've done enough. Be gone with you. That's not what God does. He says his faithful love. I love this idea of faithful. He's consistent. He's loyal. He's reliable. His love, it's unconditional. It's on display in everything he does. It underlines and holds everything together from the sunset to the tide to my little finger healing itself. God's faithful love endures forever. He takes a creator moment. The psalm doesn't say he gives food to every creature. And it draws to my mind, Matthew 6, talks about worry. And it talks about the sparrows and the birds of the air, how they don't worry, they don't toil, they go and get food, they come back, they make a home, they're, they're cared for and provided. And the simple statement that I think is so powerful that we've got to cling to today. Aren't you more important than the sparrows? His faithful love endures forever. So why, why do I keep repeating this phrase, his faithful love endures forever? Because I want you to memorize Psalm 136. I want you to memorize the truth. I want you to remember the truth that his faithful love endures forever. We can see it in his sustaining power and the creative wonders of the world around us. We can see it in the humanity and the best moments of one another, the way that we care and the way that we love and the way that the world leans in at times. 
Now, there's a lot of things to not be boasting about. There's a lot of things not to be celebratory. But what the truth that you and I cling to as followers of Christ is that we know and see from a different lens that his faithful love endures forever. He is faithful. Here's my question to you today. Can you see the faithful love of God enduring through your story? Or are you distracted by your circumstances? When I was at Northwest many, many years ago, I was studying to be a youth pastor because that was when they did youth ministry degrees. Now it's just like a pastoral ministries degree with like a, a focus in youth ministry. I'm a little jaded by that, but I remember my sophomore year. I left freshman year just on cloud nine, man. College is great. So much fun. I built new relationships. I'm taking steps towards what I believe God has called me to in youth ministry. Go home for the summer. Come to find out right before I go back my sophomore year, my youth pastor resigns at my church in Tri-Cities. There's some circumstances there that were, that were necessary. He had to resign. My parents had been burned and hurt by church leadership, which I know is some of our stories here. And, and I'm sorry that that happens because church isn't perfect. But we come and gather together because of Jesus, not always because of pastors. So my parents were dealing with this hurt and offense, and I was the one person trying to hold it all together for my family. I had a bad relationship at the end of my freshman year that I made some compromising choices in, and I ran away from it because I'm like, sweet, I'm going home. See you later, Northwest. And then everything at home is falling apart, so I'm like, I'm running back to Northwest in the fall. See you later, Tri-Cities. And then it seems like everything that fall semester just hit me. I felt like my entire world was falling apart. If you know anything about me, one of my favorite things, my, one of my biggest passions, the way that I would say I connect with, with God almost instantly is through worship music. And it's a lot of our similarities, but there's some people that can walk through and take walks and, and just, God, I know you're near because of your creation. For me, it's worship music. At Northwest, when I was stressed out at different times because I had a 10-page paper due the next day and I put it on myself because I didn't do the work until the night before, I put that stress on myself. That's not God's fault. That, but the thing is, is he would be so faithful because in those moments of high stress, you know what I would do? I'd stop. I'd sit back, turn on my favorite worship music, and I'd be like, okay, Lord, I just need you to minister to me because I'm overwhelmed. I'm stressed. And you know what he did? Well, you did that to yourself. Figure it out. <laughs> no, his faithful love endures forever. You know what he did? He met me in my moment. Even though I put that stress on myself, because I wrote a 10-page paper the day before it was due. Now, here's the I did the research. Anyways, God still met me and ministered to me because his faithful love endures forever. I remember coming back to fall semester, and for months, it just was chaotic. It was, it was heavy. It was unencouraging. I stopped going to church. I gave up going to chapel. Now, here's the crazy thing about chapel is it was actually required to go to chapel. You can only miss a certain amount of chapels, or you'd fail. And you get a pass or fail grade, but you're required to go to chapel. And if you failed multiple semesters, they could kick you out of college. I gave up going to chapel, one of the places I loved going. There was an environment on Monday nights that was run by students, but it was prayer and worship with a devotion in the middle of it. One of my favorite places to be on a Monday night was in that chapel at Pursuit. I stopped going because everything around me was falling apart and I didn't know what to do. And I remember sitting in my, my dorm room in front of my computer, my Dell laptop, dude, you got a Dell. And I just said, God, I need you to show up. I don't know 
what to say. I don't know what verse to hold to. I don't know. I didn't know Psalm 136 in this moment. But what I remember is what scripture has taught me is that he is good and his love endures forever. Now, years later, I realized it was actually out of Psalm 136 that I, I clung to a lot. But the truth was simply this, that God, you say you're good and your love endures forever. And this would be my prayer. God, I need you to prove it right now. And it wasn't done in a negative way. It wasn't done like, you better prove it, shoot. If you don't prove it, you don't exist. And there's moments in our humanity we get like that, right? But God knows our hearts. And so there's a moment where I just said, God, I mean, there's multiple moments. I said, God, I just need you to prove it right now. I just need you to prove it right now. And he'd never show, he'd never not show up. He was always faithful. And he'd speak, he'd minister. I don't remember anything he said, but I just remember this peace that would surround me and overwhelm me. And it reminded me of this, this, this book in Lamentations chapter three. If you're not familiar with Lamentations, it's a book written by the prophet Jeremiah and it's five chapters and it's five laments. In essence, it's, it's five moments, five chapters of him crying out to God Part of it to be intentional to bring the, 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 the divinity of God into human circumstance. But he'd lament, he'd cry out. Jeremiah was a prophet whose people didn't respond. His people rejected what he said. So he, he wept, he cried for his people, Israel. And then in chapter three, it changes and it becomes a personal lament where he begins to cry out in despair over his own situation, over his own circumstances. And this is what he says He said, Remember my affliction and my homelessness the wormwood and the poison. And then he says this, I continually remember them and have become depressed. See, I can understand to a degree this moment, God, I'm, I'm so overwhelmed. But in the midst of his despair, in the midst of his darkest moment, he says this, yet I call this to mind and therefore I have hope. He's not calling his situation or circumstance to mind. You know what he's calling to mind? Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish. His mercies never end, much like his faithful love. The thing that I love about mercies in a biblical picture is it doesn't just mean compassion. Oh, I'm so sorry you're going through that, little buddy. It's this picture of compassion that brings action. It's seeing your distress, seeing your despair. His mercies never end. He shows up in compassion and acts on your behalf. As I'm sitting there with my world falling apart and saying, God, you say you're good and your love endures forever. I need you to prove it. His mercies show up in compassion. And he's like, Aaron, I'm here. Let me surround you with my presence. Sometimes the best thing you can do, and I've said this before, for your kid is to pick them up and to hug them. There are moments that the Holy Spirit would surround me in my room because I clung to his word. And all of these things in Psalm 136, the reminder for us today is his faithful love endures forever. Because his faithful love endures forever. It goes on and on and on. In your despair, in your circumstance, in your hardship, and in those moments of celebration and joy and, and excitement, the birth of a child, the death of a loved one, his faithful love endures forever. He's faithful to meet us where we need him to be. Last week, Pastor Nick gave us homework. 
And last night I'm laying in bed and my wife, who's brilliant and amazing, just simply asked the question, did you do your list yet? I just rolled over, didn't say anything, grabbed my phone because I'm a grump. Pulled out my phone because I have a, a note app that I've been doing this for the last week. And I remembered in that moment, I was like, oh, I already filled one out, so I don't have to come up with two. And I wrote these down. Ash at Starbucks knowing my drink. It's just nice to be known. And it also probably means I have an addiction, but I'm thankful that she remembered my drink without me actually asking her. Because it's just nice to be known. I wrote down Cassie, which is my wife. I said, because she's gracious and patient with me, even when I'm grumpy. And then I wrote down the third one is, my Christmas lights look great. <laughs> because there's something about lighting my house with Christmas lights. I'm just like, man, I can't wait for Christmas. It's not because I get something. It's not because of presents, but because the season turns to anticipation, excitement, and joy. Here's my question again. What's on your list today? Are the things that you're putting on your list able to draw you back to the simple truth that his faithful love endures forever? Because it's meant to. I put on my list last Sunday, before I went to bed, a Dallas Cowboy win. And some of y'all laughing at me, I get it, but I was thankful in that moment. And it's not like, God, your faithful love endures forever. Thank you for the Cowboys win. Yes. But I was thankful because in that moment, I wouldn't be a grump to my family. <laughs> that I could, I could enjoy my family, but God is so good to me. We, I was just telling someone to lobby today, and it'll probably be on my list. My daughter's in a soccer tournament, and she's played soccer for the first time ever in her life. She's eight years old. Her friends across the street got her into sports. So I'm like, yeah, let's go do it. She has a tournament this weekend. We were driving down to Painfield area. And I told my wife, I said, babe, God has been so gracious to us with the weather. We have had one rainy, miserable game this entire season and this weekend. And some of you who have kids, you know exactly. Like, <laughs> let me get on your team. But it's been, and it's not been because like, God, thank you for the weather. But it's, it's God, thank you for the weather. <laughs> And it's not at all because he's, he's showing me favor, not you, but it's for me trying to be caught up in those moments of remembering, God, your faithful love endures, even if it's miserable. I'm watching my daughter play goalie, and now I'm getting sidetracked. I'll stop. In the miserable weather, she's playing goalie and freezing. And I'm sitting there with an umbrella after church one Sunday, and I'm just like, baby girl, I said, we'll be cold together. Let's do this. Stay focused. You're okay. And seeing her resilience to endure, God, thank you for your faithful love. Are the things on your list that you're pausing to remember, anchoring back to the truth like Psalm 136, that his faithful love endures forever? Because it should. What's on your list? Let me pray for you today. Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness. God, you know every circumstance, and God, I know some circumstances. And God, I'm thankful that that truth still resounds loudly and truthfully that your faithful love would in fact endure forever, that it would show itself present in circumstances, in hardships, in trials, in moments of uncertainty. God, I thank you today for those who are here today, whether in person or online, God, that your presence would even move and that it would bring encouragement and hope because your faithful love endures forever. Father, guard us, keep us, help us to lead and follow you faithfully. In Jesus' name I pray. 
Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Message Podcast. To keep up to date with us, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, or check us out at our website, grove.church.